I'm Chris Carter, the Locked On Steelers podcast. Mike Tomlin described the QB situation for the Steelers head, for the starting of the week heading into the Seahawks. It's very much similar to last week, but is it the right move? We'll talk about that and our Week 16 Stars and Skulls grades here on the Locked On Steelers podcast with Alan Saunders. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the app that you need to download right now so that you get the best tickets every time. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As I said before, we're joined by Alan Saunders. He's back of, from SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's get right to it on the quarterback situation. Mike Tomlin spoke at noon, and he, ba- he basically came out and said it's the same thing as last week. Mason Rudolph will prepare as if he's the starter. He gets the, the ball to start the week. But Kenny Pickett is working on trying to recover. And that is kind of that is kind of the split right now for Steeler Nation, Steelers fans everywhere. Arguing what should be Kenny should start. Mason should start. I think there's nobody that thinks that Mitch should start. Uh, but uh, in all in all seriousness, is this the right play from Mike Tomlin? Uh, regard like if 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 you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, Kenny was supposedly close to starting last week, or maybe he could have. If, if 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 is this the right play, or should they be trying to push Kenny Pickett back into playing? I think Mason Rudolph's performance against the Bengals should give the Steelers enough confidence that they should not feel like they have to push Kenny Pickett if he turns out Agreed. to be ready. Like, great, but you know, I I am not sure that. Like, I think he would need to turn out to be ready pretty soon, too. Like, I'm not yeah. in the camp that, like, he could turn out to be ready on Friday, and then right. that would be good enough. You know, I think if he's going to play in this game, he's got to practice significant reps this week. It can't be like last week where he takes a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, just just individual work and, and doesn't really run. He just throws, and then all of a sudden Friday comes and he's cleared and he's going to go in the lineup. I mean, I think he's got to look like – a player capable of playing on Sunday during practice this week for him to be in realistic conversation. I think that's smart. I think there's no reason to rush him back. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that that was ever their intention, but if the Steelers had gotten another bad game out of Mitch Trubisky, but were somehow still, or even a bad game out of Mason Rudolph, but were somehow still in it, maybe they would have had a reason to rush him back, but I'm not seeing one based on the way things go right now. I do think that whenever Kenny Pickett is eventually 100% healthy. He will, again, be the starting quarterback, though. So two things here. One, this was very much what I talked about on the the, uh, the Tuesday episode that I released, where I said, if Kenny Pickett is 100%, he will be the starter, and I think he should be the starter. But I even kind of I even said this, and I'll say it again louder for all of you out there. If he's even 99%, Given Mason Rudolph, like if, if I have a question about Kenny Pickett's mobility, can he protect himself? Is he going to be able to be, you know, at a full go? And like also, and I didn't think about this, your point, if that full go doesn't happen before Thursday, like if it doesn't happen by Wednesday, 
I'm rolling with Mason Rudolph. I'm going with the guy that's practicing all week. That's getting used to the offense. Uh, and, and I'm not think I'm not even worrying about it. And I even say the best move for the Steelers might be starting Mason Rudolph. And if Kenny Pickett says he can go by Friday, okay, you're the number two. You're 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 coming in, and you know it won't take just a couple incompletions or an inter- one interception for Mason Rudolph to be pulled. It would probably be like two or three interceptions in like the first half or something, or the offense is completely inept going into halftime. That that would have to be, I, I think, the a, a reasonable approach here. Um, Allen, explain your reasoning for why you know why Kenny Pickett would still be the starter here. Like like let's say Mason Rudolph does blow it because there's some people that are putting this out there. What if Mason Rudolph again? puts up a really great performance of 30-plus points, two touchdown passes, passer rating in the hundreds. Do you still go back to Kenny Pickett in Week 18 against the Ravens if he's if he's then fully healthy to start that week? Yeah, I mean, I think you go back to Kenny Pickett as soon as he's fully healthy. I think you, I think the, 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 the strong performance by Rudolph gives him the time to wait until that is. And look, I mean, go back to that 2020. We talked about this. Go back to that 2020 pit season. I mean, he played – in three weeks, but I think it would be hard to say that he played fully healthy. Right. Really for most of the rest of that season. Like, I don't think that Kenny Pickett has been playing well enough to warrant playing Kenny Pickett at less than a hundred percent when you're getting good play out of a backup. I do think that at some point um, you want to see Kenny Pickett back in there because he's probably the starting quarterback next year. And Mason Rudolph, I don't know. Is he even on the team next year? Like it's very, I mean, probably not. I would guess. I don't know. Maybe, but like, I, I just think that there's there's too much riding on Kenny Pickett's future to not get him back in there eventually. But you know, running out of time here. I, I don't know. I, I would be very interested to see what would happen if, say, you know, Pickett doesn't come back this week and he doesn't come back next week. And in the interim, Rudolph now has you know three straight games, a hundred and 10 plus passer rating, you know, six to zero touchdowns, interceptions. Like, I don't know, maybe in that hypothetical, you just keep playing Mason Rudolph as long as he's playing that well. I'm pretty skeptical that we're going to see that result. I I feel you on that, and, and I want I want I know that there's probably some Steelers fans screaming at their at their YouTube screens or screaming at their podcast or their radio as they listen to this on their way to work. What do you mean Mason just gave the best quarterback performance since Ben Ro- Ben Roethlisberger in 2020 before he got old? Like wh- why can't why why can't he be the guy? And I'm not making fun of those people. I think those are real feelings. If you're a Steelers fan and you don't have the time to like break down film or you're not you're not like us, you're not in the building every day, you probably don't understand why in the world would you go away from this guy who did this in this moment. I, I compared it yesterday. I said it's very much similar to what we just saw from Jake Browning. Like I think Jake Browning, he can have some good backup days, but he can also have some really bad ones. And not that Kenny Pickett can't also have really bad ones, but I think it's a thing where, you know, Mason Rudolph can be a good backup like he was in this game. He can give you the occasional game like this, but that guys are backups for a reason. And that if you do believe that Kenny Pickett can be the guy, then you have to give him that when he is ready to go. And again, I think if he's, if he's, if there's any question about his availability, his, he is not Ben Roethlisberger. He's a guy, Ben Roethlisberger, there'll be times, does Ben Roethlisberger have half of an arm? He's going in. Like that's how that's how it used that's how it used to be and how that's how it used to be, that's how it should have been, but this is not the, the, Kenny Pickett has not earned that level of 
let's just get him in there because because he's that good. And that's where I say, again, I'm I am perfectly fine with Mason Rudolph. I do not think it's a bad call at all if he does start this game. Yeah, I mean, now look, I, I think that's pretty funny. People talk about that's the best Steelers quarterback performance since 2018. I was like, well, that includes every game that Rudolph's ever started. So then we should mm, know very good point. That, that he's probably more likely than not to be worse than that next time out, right? Like that's like if you you know, if I do something 15 times and then the 15th time I do better than I did all the other 14, like I'm probably not going to do even better on 16. I'm probably going to come back to the the place that I've established myself. And look, I, I mean, we can talk about Kenny Pickett and his lack of ability to let push forward and, and really cement himself as the team's starting quarterback. But he was also first round draft pick, and they fired their offensive coordinator in the middle of the season for a reason. And it sure seems like the blame for the development on Kenny Pickett organizationally is getting placed at Matt Canada and not at him. They didn't bench the quarterback. They fired the offensive coordinator. Right. True. And so like, you know, I think the Steelers are acknowledging that there's been some development issues with Kenny Pickett that probably aren't going to get fixed until next season. So I expect them to go into 2024 with him as their starting quarterback. They might come up with a better plan B than what they had this year, but I expect that to be the case. And so if that's the case, Whenever he's healthy, you got to get him back in there. I'm right with you. I, I think that if if that is the case, he has to go back in. And I don't think that this is this is not because you're it's about Kenny fans, anti Kenny fans. It's just the reality of that guy. You you still think that guy can be your starting quarterback? Because like and like you said, if the problem really was Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett got less than a game and a half without Matt Canada. And in the first game, he got 400 yards of offense. In the second game, he let he let a scoring drive and then put them in position to have another scoring drive before he got knocked out of the game. And then his backup, Mitch Trubisky, who I think we can all agree shouldn't have been in after after probably a half of the Patriots game. Uh, and that's when Mason Ruff should have gotten his, gotten his shot or so. Uh, but if Kenny Pickett's in that Cardinals game, does the offense look better? Do they play better? Does he? Do they finish the strong? Are we even talking about Mason Rudolph right now? And if people, if you're one of the people that really believe, I'm not saying you, Al, but anyone listening, if you're one of the people that really believe that Matt Canada was the biggest problem with this offense, then you should be thinking, well, wait a minute, get Kenny back in there because if Mason threw two touchdowns in that game, maybe Kenny would have threw three or four because it's not it's, it's been less about Kenny and more about Canada. And I'm one person who I've said there's a lot of those games that it was on Kenny for missing missing the reads, not making the right throws, panicking too much in the pocket. He was part of the blame. But if you're part of the if, you, if you're part of the the thought process that says Matt Canada was the biggest problem, that's why they got rid of him. I think that Kenny Pickett deserves a shot to actually prove that he can do it because he hasn't lost with Matt without Matt Canada yet. Yeah, and I, and I think there's, you know, like, I, I just think that's the, uh, that's the, if you can, if you get a game like you got out of Mason Rudolph, out of Kenny Pickett, then you've solved your quarterback problem. If you get more of those games out of Mason Rudolph, you have nothing still. Like, that. that's where they are. Like, and, and so you can't turn down that opportunity. I, I agree. We're going to get to our stars and skulls grades and get into other talk of where this team exactly is, not just with the quarterback position, but everywhere. We'll do that all here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter, Alan Saunders, stick with us. We still got a lot to discuss. 
But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the, is the app that you can download right to your phone to buy tickets to your favorite events without it being a stressful process. You can also go to their website, GameTime.co, but it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sporting events, music, music concerts, comedy, theater, anything near you that, that requires tickets. Game Time is most likely going to help you find it. They give you killer deals, even on last-minute tickets, even if you're up to an hour late to your event. You can find great prices and great deals at on Game Time. The Game Time app that you can download right to your phone allows you to book tickets even up to the last minute. Instead, of, if you're running late up to a, to a to a concert or a ball or a ball game, and you're thinking I've been trying to save money and not try to you know, to try to pay, pay way too early, I'm waiting for these prices to come down. Then you get to the stadium or, or the arena, and you're sitting there and you're saying, "Man, I don't know about these scalpers. I don't know about the, these ticket prices." Let go to game time. You're going to find something that beats both because the scalpers might think that you're giving the best prices, but you never know if the tickets are actually that good. Game time, you see the view from the tickets. You know that they're real and you know the view that you're getting with those tickets and you're getting prices that are beating everybody else. And game time so confident they'll beat everyone else's prices that they're promising you that if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less somewhere else, they'll credit you 110% of the difference in those prices. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's get to our grades this week, uh, and I'll, I'll get, spoiler alert, there's not only not, I didn't I didn't have any bus ticket grades, but also no three skull or two skull grades for the, for, the, for this game. We only had a few one skulls in my book based off of just looking back over it. Um, and uh, as a reminder, this is the grade grading scale. If you're watching on YouTube, one to three stars. Uh, three stars is basically an elite performance. One star, good play with a decent day. Uh, three, one to three skulls. One skulls is like basically a bad play without redemption. Three skulls, an all-time terrible game. Uh, we've certainly seen the wide spectrum of that from a lot of different guys. Let's start with the bad because there's not that much bad. I I really had to go through um, when I went back and I watched this. Um, I only had three one skull grades here. Montrevious Adams, I felt like he could have done better when he was when he was in, on the defense uh, in getting in getting a push. Michael Walker, simply because it was his zone that T. Higgins scored on that on that slant over the middle, uh, he abandoned it a little early, running with the running back, and that kind of opened up space uh, for him. And I didn't really see the moment that he really contributed enough to make up for that. And then Presley Harvin, because well, he's Presley Harvin, and he's just he's just still not punting well. Man, I get there's not very many skulls here, and I think I got to disagree with one because Presley Harvin had an outstanding hold on a bad Christian Coot snap on that no. Chris Boswell field goal. I think maybe Press gets off the hook this week in my mind. That's a good and, point. And there's not very many. Like I, I can't imagine. Like I'm, I was trying to like three. That ah, has got to be more than three. And I'm going back across the team, and I'm like thinking, like, well, that's my head. I, I couldn't. Like I, I watched the game two more times. Yeah, I no went over like, data, like, like analytics, and I'm like, I can't kill somebody. I didn't in this think game. that Broderick Jones was that good, but he wasn't that bad either. I don't know. I agree. It's not. There's not. There's there's not a guy out there that I really think struggled i mean look this is as dominant of a win as the steelers have had in a really long time just in terms of like not only did they win the game but they really they kind of 
it kind of took the spirit out of the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, there was a lot of this game that was not particularly competitive. Like this, yeah. this was as as one sided of a butt whipping as I've covered in a while in terms of the Steelers being the ones d- d- distributing the butt whipping. And so, I guess that tracks. I mean, after George Pickens scored that second touchdown, I think that that took the fight out of the Bengals. I think yeah, they were like, "Wait, what? We, you mean their offenses can still score? Oh, we we, we can't do that." Um, I think that that was certainly part part of it. I thought about Christian Kuntz, but man, I ain't trying to like like long snappers, man. Like it was it was bad. You know, if he had blown the game with that, I I'd I'd have done something. But I'm just like I'm not. Because at the end of the year, I, what I do is I tally all the stars and skulls, and I create that. And that leads to my final grades for everyone and how they how they performed. And I'm not trying to have one uh, one slide <laughs> for a long. Because I'm not. Because what am I gonna do? I get three skulls for long snappers because they do great all game. Like ah, I just I, I, I just felt like you know I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that slide Coons with the bed. But Presley Harvin for punting. That's where I that's where I was at. But it's a good point. I may need to remove his skull because he did save that field goal on the on the on the bad snap there in that situation. Let's get to some one skull grades. And you brought up Broderick Jones. I actually had him as a one star one as a one star grade, but simply because I thought his run blocking was really important to the run game. His pass blocking leaves still leaves a good bit to be desired. He didn't do as well in this game. Neither did Dan Moore Jr. I didn't include Dan Moore in this uh, in in my stars. I, ca- I gave him a neutral grade this week because he gave up the most pressures for the for, for the offense, and he was one of the least effective in the run blocking game. But we have a lot of one star grades. Eric Rowe for his interception. I didn't give him more because he missed quite a few tackles, uh, and he was also a part of the culprits for uh, responsible for T Higgins touchdown. But his interception was huge, and he was a practice squad guy coming off the couch filling in. Thought he did fine enough. Miles Jack for filling. In the way he did, uh, Shannon Sullivan broke up, uh, you know, fought through a block on a pot pass and made a tackle for loss that was really solid. Uh, you know, didn't give up really big plays. Uh, I said Broderick Jones, Najee Harris, uh, running hard, got a touchdown, nothing spectacular, but worth a star. Deontay Johnson, when his number was called, made some big catches, made a big third down catch uh, on that last field goal drive at the end of the first half. Keanu Benton, I still think he should get more snaps, but he was pretty solid. Jalen Warren. If not, if for nothing else, that block gets him one star. If he had, if he had averaged more than like three yards a carry or whatever, he would have had two stars because that block, you know, by itself would have was like would have knocked like sonic rings out of uh, out of whatever linebacker that was. Um, other one star guys and Landon Roberts before he got hurt. Allen Robinson with some good catches. Calvin Austin with his touchdown. Chris Boswell with his made field goals and Larry Ogunjobi who did make a couple plays. Yeah, man, good list. Lots of good players. Allen Robinson, I thought, had his best game of the season, and I thought yes. he really uh, was a really reliable target for Mason Rudolph. Uh, really, I mean, Calvin Austin was just a touchdown, but it was a very nice touchdown. Uh, and and really, if you look at the way that this game played out compared to the way that the last Cincinnati game played out, I thought the touchdowns in the red zone were yes. critical. I might have been willing to give Najee Harris the second star. I thought he was – very, very good in this game and, and better. Was. It was a bounce back game for him too. you know, a struggle against Indianapolis. And I thought he really um, stepped up in a big way after a disappointing week, had the touchdown, really solid yards per carry and very, very, very few negative plays. He was, he was going forward all the time. I really liked his game and, and think uh, more of that could be good. And yeah, and that's a solid list. There's, there's a Shannon Sullivan. I thought had his best game of the year. 
Obviously, Eric Rowe had his best game. It was his first one. <laughs> uh, but when you're talking about multiple guys having their best game of the year and that's only the one stars, that's a pretty solid sign. Absolutely, because there's quite a few two and three stars that we're going to go over here. And I think there's going to be some controversy for some people who I gave two and three stars. Some people might feel like some of the two stars should be three stars. and Some people might feel three stars should be two stars. We'll get into who those guys are in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter, Alan Saunders, stick with us. A lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling against thousands of other players and trying to create the perfect lineup that beats everyone else out, all you're doing is picking two to six players that you think you have a beat on and on how they're going to perform in fantasy and just look at their projections that Prize Picks has given them and that they'll get more or less than what those projections are. That's it. It's that simple. Prize Picks is the is the new fun daily fantasy game that you got to play right now that everyone needs to start getting on. And with basketball here, they have a specials league where you can combine predictions between NFL and NBA players like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey. If you think that they're going to combine for more than 10 and a half three pointers and, and receptions made in a single game, then you can say more or you can say less. Either way, you can win win and watch your winnings roll in at Prize Picks, the, 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 the best new way to play daily fantasy sports. Prize Picks also includes NFL, NBA, ML, MLB, NHL, and college sports, and so much more. Download the Prize Picks app today or go to prizepicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL, code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. We're going to go to my two and three star grades. Let's start with the two star guys. And we had five two star guys. I'm going to ask for guesses from Alan Saunders before I put it up here. Five two star guys. I'm going to say Mason Rudolph. I'm going to say. How many threes we got? I got, I we got have four threes. We have four, four threes. threes. Oh, man, that's a lot of guys left. Uh, I'm going to say Alex Highsmith. Um, Levi Wallace? No. Well, maybe. No. Okay. Um, maybe. <laughs> he was all right. He got beat on the one play. It should have been maybe. Browning I, I gave I, full, Browning, full disclosure. I gave Levi a, a neutral grade. For Browning that. threw the ball out of bounds, but I don't know. Even, um, I, I'm, I'm, I guess so. I guess I'm, I guess we gotta have the interior of the offensive line. Um, that's gonna be hard to differentiate. I'll, I'll say Cole and Sayamalu here, and then okay. okay, who do I have left? That's it. And so I got- you said Rudolph. You said you you took away Wallace. And you went with Cole and Sayomalu. You yeah. are close, and you were close in your thinking on others for okay. my two star. And then grade, that would leave my threes. Wait, let me just that would leave that would leave Peterson, Porter, Watt, and Pickens. Right? Did I miss somebody? Those those are all names okay. that will be all right. announced all right. at some point. So okay. right. here we go with our two stars. Oh, Miles Jack. I got a Miles Jack in there. Oh, he's my Miles one Jack star. Is, he's, okay. He's a one oh, star. he was one. Okay. All yeah. right. All right, my two stars. I think I are, give Miles Jack too. 
Just, Joey just, Porter. Just, give, just given the off-the-couch nature of his performance. Absolutely. I thought he played very well. Um, my, my, my two stars are Joey Porter Jr., Mason Rudolph, Mason Cole, James Daniels, Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson, when I look back, he was targeted like three times in this game. None of them resulted in completions. And he was very much part of keeping that defense all aligned in the right spots to, to get to get guys in the right places to, to t- have some of those turnovers and to be to have good coverage on some of those plays. There were some coverages where um you look at some of the angles to see like where you know where the ball was or where the where the field was and what the route concepts were. The Steelers anticipated a lot of what the Bengals wanted to do. And it's more it takes more than just practicing for it and talking about it. It takes a leader on the field to orchestrate that. And without making Fitzpatrick is a big question. Could they would the Steelers have a person who could do that? Patrick Peterson deserves credit here. Also, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, just locked down in coverage. He he was he ran with T. Higgins 32 times, allowed just uh, two catches, one for 15 yards uh, for for Higgins, and then one catch that went no yards because he blew it up and blew it up. It really should have been noted as a tackle for loss on that play. Um, I gave him a two two star. Um, Cole and Daniels really good run blocking. Uh, I think neither of them gave up. I think maybe Cole maybe gave up one pressure. Uh, in pass blocking, Daniels gave up none. Uh, really solid performances for them. But Mason Rudolph, I know there's some people out there that probably think he deserves three stars. That's that's where I have to remind y'all, it's been a while since you've seen some decent quarterback play. I get it. You're excited and you want to just give it to him. And I'm giving him a lot of respect. Two stars. 124, 124 is a passer rating. But, you know, still missing Deontay Johnson. If, if he hits that bomb to Deontay Johnson and they, they win, what, 41 to, to, to 11, I might have given him three stars because that was that's like the one play where I felt like he could have had that back. And there were a few other passes he could have had back. But if he hits on that one and it's three touchdown passes, I would have probably given him the leg up there. Yeah, I agree. I thought Brooke Pryor made a good point during my Tomlin's press conference today about Mason Cole mm. snapping to a third different quarterback this year and doing a better job of it than he honestly did some of the times earlier in this year. I thought that was a good a good point by her that I wanted to bring up. Um, with with Rudolph, yeah, I mean, look, look, if you look at it pure statistically, it's probably a better performance than that. But don't forget, there's a hundred some yards of George Pickens yak in there that I yeah. mean, Mason doesn't have a whole heck of a lot to do with. Um, so, you know, I think you got to temper when you're talking about a grade, you've got to temper that a little bit and realize that, you know, if he throws those two balls in those two places over and over again, you know, probably more often than not Pickens gets tackled on both of them. It just, you know, turned out that this game wasn't the time that that happened. Still thought it was a really nice job by Rudolph of going through his progressions. Thought that was the one area where he really stood out. Um, and I didn't think the offensive line did a great job of protecting him overall. It's not like he was like purely clean back there, but I think they just did a good enough job where there were no free rushers. Like Rudolph doesn't have the athleticism to like make a guy miss and keep his, his you know, hips flipped downfield and make a pass the way Kenny Pickard and Mitch Trubisky can't. And the offensive line didn't give him a ton of time, but there were no just busts. There were none of those like free guy come screaming in where Rudolph had not, no chance to do it. And so I think those guys, especially at the middle, deserve a lot of credit for that. They absolutely do because they they were a big part of the run blocking that I thought was really good for the Steelers. Um, and and that, that's the funny part about this is that I wasn't so I thought if the Steelers were going to win this game, they were going to have to bulldoze the Bengals. And they did when they needed to at times. But Mason Rudolph's present made it so that they 
didn't presence maybe so they didn't have to bulldoze them all the time they could beat you with with different with different things here uh and that was a big part of it um also uh the Steelers when they ran between uh when they when they ran left guard uh middle left middle uh, middle middle left and right guard they averaged over five yards per carry in those runs uh middle right was 3.5 so maybe that was a little bit there um and that was that was kind of a problem but whenever they kind of got behind uh Daniels Cole and Broderick Jones they moved people and you saw and you saw Najee Harris whenever they got behind Isaac Sayamalo they also moved people and that's why Isaac Sayamalo is one of my three-star grades along with TJY Alex Highsmith and George Pickens Sayamalo gave up zero pressures on any of the pass plays and he bulldozed some people in the run game I think that he supercharged this line the way that they signed him to do so and that that was certainly a boost now, you might look at Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt and think, well, they, they they had their big splash plays, but they didn't like, you know, they didn't have like eight tackles to go with it. But both of those guys generated six pressures throughout this game. And I, I really think part of the, the Bengals game plan was to do things to neutralize those guys. And they still couldn't. They were still they were still. To, I mean, that was one of the main talk points I had with James Rapine of Locked On Bengals going into this game was he was like, Jake Browning's top objective is to get the ball out. Stop waiting. Stop trying to do too much. And he was doing that. And it didn't matter. Both of those guys got home, and Alex Highsmith got uh, a huge interception that that you know really put things in, in the Steelers' favor. Yeah, that Highsmith. I thought Watt was the more consistent overall pressure guy. Highsmith had the big splash, um, but I thought Watt had a had a more consistent game overall. Um, he really, I thought, bothered Browning a ton, just in yeah. terms of like every bad throw. I felt like had T.J. Watt his name written on the end of it just because um that and he also knocked the ball out i mean, he didn't get it but you know easily he forced a fumble um and that, that he easily could have gotten back uh, so i thought a really strong game from watt he's really come on like quietly like he's not like putting up these like monster stats each game just mm-hmm. been very consistently piling on every week he's getting his and i think he's been um you know playing really well coming down the stretch run here my final question to you as we finish up our grades here, is this defense sustainable? Like, is this with, with all the backups that they have and presuming that Minka Fitzpatrick will come back because he, it was said that he's going to be limited to start the week. So there is a chance for him. But even if he comes back, can they keep up this defense to win these next two games and maybe not just hold teams to 11 points, but put them in situations where the offense could do enough to win? I don't really think that either the Seattle offense the seattle offense is not particularly dynamic and like they have it's it's weird because they have good playmakers and they're actually like a really bad matchup in terms of like well who do you put joey porter jr on i don't know because it's not like tyler lockett can't hurt you it's not like jackson smith and jigba can't hurt you even though dk metcalf i assume is the way the steelers will lean i, I just don't think like they their weapons do not like kenneth walker's not like this great pass catching back. They don't really use the tight end very much. I don't think Seattle's very well positioned to exploit the Steelers weaknesses in the middle of the defense, the way some other teams have been Baltimore can be. The question will be, will Baltimore be trying to win that game? Will Lamar Jackson play in that game? And also the Steelers just seem to do really well against the Ravens every time. I don't know. I mean, look, the last game was mostly about, the Baltimore wide receivers not catching the ball as much as it was anything else. But I don't know. The Steelers should feel confident playing the Ravens, even with a banged up group. And look, I think Miles Jack 
you know, he's familiar with the defense. He's a longtime pro. It's not like they have some, you know, undrafted rookie that they're throwing in there from the practice squad. You know, you're bringing up a guy who made $7 million last year. Like, he's, you know, he's okay. Uh, I think they'll be okay. Um, And I actually really like that. Like, obviously, I you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's going to play, but I really like Patrick Peterson at safety. Like, I'm 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 trying to find some more of this. Like, I don't think that all of their problems are pure negatives. I think they found something there. I do think they found something there with with Patrick Peterson. I think that could be long term. We talked about that last week, and I talked about that uh, Sunday after the game. I was like, "Hey, that might be an answer for for maybe make if it's Patrick's partner for another year or two while they try to figure out another guy they can draft and develop at that position." We'll talk a lot more throughout the week. Tomorrow's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. We'll we'll have that for you as we talk to our Seahawks expert here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks so much, Alan Saunders, for joining. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, PGH Steelers Now, SteelersNow.com. And you can check out the Steelers Afternoon Drive podcast with me and Zachary Smith every Monday through Friday, post around 5 p.m. on YouTube and wherever you find podcasts. Absolutely. Find me here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, Carter at Carter Critiques on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, at Pitt, Pittsburgh Post Gazette, post-gazette.com for my written work. Back tomorrow for Crossover Thursday here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast.